itching to. <laughs> Thanks for standing. <laughs> Good morning. Well, it is an absolute privilege to be with you this morning. It's always a privilege to have uh, the opportunity to speak from this platform, to speak the Word of God. And, and so I'm really excited for what it is that God wants to say to each of us this morning, collectively, but individually as well. So just like Kerry was saying, I hope that you've come ready in your heart, ready in your spirit for what it is that God would want to do this morning. Is that cool? All right, before we go any further, let's just pray. God, we thank you that you're here, that you're with us, that you're speaking to us, that you're active, that your word is alive and active. God, we just look to you this morning. We fix our eyes on you. We put aside any distractions that would keep us from hearing your word. Amen. Uh, one thing that I have observed about little kids is that they have this endless capacity for excitement. You know, they can just get excited about absolutely anything. And it is like this next level excitement. They've got wide eyes and they're just ready to tell anybody anything about the thing that they're excited about. It's kind of like birthdays. You know, when I was a kid, I remember like my birthday was the most exciting day of the year. I would wait, I would be counting down the days. I'd come to mom and be like, mom, guess what? It's 300 days until my birthday. She's like, yeah, that, that's next year. I'm like, yeah, I know. How cool is that? You get so excited. The countdown, the night before, I'm, I'm up waiting until midnight, until, you know, the clock gets to midnight, and then I'm one year older. I'm like, yes, it's my birthday. It's my day. It's so exciting. Fast forward to now, and I'm not as excited about my birthday. You know, I'm not super excited about getting one year older. You know, the older I get, the more birthdays I have, the less and less excited I get about them. You know, if I ran up to my mum or any of my friends and was like, guess what, guys? 200 days until my birthday. I think they'd be a little bit like, cool story. <laughs> like, nobody cares. Nobody cares about your birthday, you're 26 years old, come on. Our excitement for things can tend to fizzle out after a little while. Our excitement can change. The older I get, the more time that passes, the things that maybe I was once so excited about, the things that were the coolest things ever, maybe just don't excite me anymore. Our excitement can wane as time goes on. And this morning, I want to look at a scripture that's in Romans, which is a letter that Paul writes to the believers in Rome. And you can find this scripture in Romans 12, verse 11. It's short, it's simple, and here's what it says. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. See, all through Romans, Paul writes about the redemption and the salvation that's been made available to us through the righteousness of Jesus, through the sacrifice that Jesus has made, this incredible love and grace that's been made available to us. But Paul is writing in Romans 12 that this is not where it ends. The moment that we know that we're rescued... That's not where our faith walk ends. In fact, it's just where it's beginning because we're called to live this incredible life of passion and zeal. There's so much more ahead. And so Paul writes, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Now the word fervor 
means an intense passion, this intense, incredibly hot passion. And in the original context in the Greek, the word that's been used here means to be boiling, to be bubbling over. And so in this verse, Paul is saying to live an empowered life of faith, don't be lacking in zeal, but be overflowing in passion. Have zeal in abundance. If we are followers of Jesus, being followers of Jesus should mean that we are absolutely boiling in our spirit. Boiling hot with passion, not just a little bit, not just warm, but absolutely boiling, bubbling over. That it shouldn't be this, this quiet thing within us. If you've ever seen water boil, you'll know it's not this, this quiet, still thing. There's a reaction, a clear reaction to, to when the water reaches boiling point. And this is the picture that Paul's painting for us, that our faith should be this active, incredible, bubbling thing within us. Not still, not quiet, but passionate. He reiterates these thoughts in 2 Timothy verses, um, chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. And he says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So across both these verses that we read in Romans and 2 Timothy, Paul is describing this passionate, fiery spirit that we're called to have. If we combine these two verses together, Paul would be saying, let the passion of your spirit be a blazing fire and be continually fanning the flames. But who knows that sometimes that's not how we feel. Sometimes that's not the reality of what our circumstances feel like. For whatever reason, we can encounter things in life that can make it feel like the flames have started to dwindle. That can make us lose like we've started to lose our zeal. Maybe once the passion and the zeal and the fervor was once there, but for whatever reason through time, it started to dwindle. Things have changed. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you can identify with that. What causes us to lose our zeal? What would cause us to lose our passion? You know, I think that there's a number of things. It can be life's disappointments, unmet expectations, the frustration of waiting, the pain of loss, maybe shame from past decisions or mistakes or regrets. Maybe it's disillusionment with God where doubt has crept in and, and you've started to question his character or his motives. Maybe it's familiarity. You know, and I think that this is a big one. And it's a sneaky one too, because sometimes we don't realize that we've grown familiar with God. We're like, no, but I'm just getting to know God. That's what we're meant to do, right? I'm meant to get to know God. Can I tell you, church, we're, growing, we're, we're called to grow in intimacy with God, not familiarity. Familiarity can quickly lead to apathy. And apathy, apathy is the biggest fire extinguisher. Maybe you've experienced this before. Maybe you're experiencing it right now. Now, please don't hear that I'm up here pointing the finger at you because I will be the first to point the finger at myself. I caught myself out on this not that long ago. I was sitting in church, what's on comes on, announces water baptism's coming up. 
And I felt myself kind of just inwardly go, water baptisms. Yeah. Cool. It's just another Sunday, just another event, just another announcement. And I don't think I even realized that I had that reaction until I got the tap tap of the Holy Spirit who reminded me that this is one of the most powerful decisions that a person can make in their life. And you're indifferent to it. You don't feel joy about that decision. He reminded me of the scripture that says that all of heaven celebrates when one person makes that decision. And if all of heaven finds cause to celebrate, who am I to be indifferent? Who am I to not celebrate? It's so easy to get to that point. Losing our zeal doesn't happen overnight, but can slowly build over time. And there's usually indicators along the way. And maybe you can identify with some of these. Has spending time with God become an effort? Do you look forward to spending time with him in whatever capacity that looks like and however you do it? Do you look forward to that intentional time with him? Or does finding God, finding time for God feel like a strain? Maybe coming to church has become an effort. And I don't mean in that way of, you know, if you don't find yourself in church, then your faith is questioned. Because that's not even a thing. I mean that when you make the decision to be here on a Sunday, does that decision come from a place of obligation or a genuine sense of joy in gathering with the believers and the body of Christ? Do you have an anticipation for what God is going to do? Do you have an anticipation right now for what God is going to say to you or any Sunday that you turn up here? Do you have an availability, whether it's through worship and the team is singing that song that you've heard a thousand times before, can't they just get a new song? Or whether it's through communion, which you've done a thousand times before, or maybe it's through the message and whoever's speaking, they're, they're too young or they're too old or, or they talk too fast or they talk too slow or they're too loud or they're too boring or I don't really connect with that speaker or I don't really connect with that message and so for the next 15, 20 minutes, I'm just going to do a little bit of online shopping. I'm listening, but, and you know, I'm not here to call anyone out for online shopping during church. We've all been on the Bible app through a service. We've all done that. That's not my question. My question is, do you have the availability for God to move in your heart? Do you have the availability for him to stir you? Are you receptive to what it is that he's doing in, in this place around you? Do you have that availability? We have a call to tend the fire of our passion, but fire requires attention. And in the time that we have left, I just want to share three observations that I've made about our fireplace at home this winter. Three observations that I think uh, can also help us learn how we can effectively fan the flames of our heart. Is that okay, church? Observation number one, a fire you ignore will not roar. A fire you ignore, yeah, a little rhyme there, you guys like that? (laughs) A fire you ignore will not roar. Now, I hate waking up to a cold house. You know, these days have been so cold and there's nothing worse than coming out, stepping on the floorboards and just freezing. 
And so each night before we go to bed, we try and make sure that we've just got that fire hot so that by the time we wake up, we've still got some heat in the house and all we've got to do is put a couple of logs on. And the other day, you know, David usually, my husband, he'll usually uh, do that before we, we go to bed. Um, but the other day he went to bed first and I didn't actually check that that had happened and I just assumed that he might have done it. And so uh, when we woke up in the morning, we found that the fireplace was filled with ash There were no longer flames, there were no longer coals, just ash. The fire had gone out. Why? Because it had been hours since we paid it any attention. Because for a fire to stay strong, you have to constantly feed it. A fire you ignore will not roar. And it is exactly the same for our passion. If we're not intentional about feeding it, It will not be blazing. It's just like any relationship that we have. If you ignore it, it will grow cold. Being intentional in our relationship with God means drawing near. And there's no set way that this happens because it's the outworking of your personal relationship with Him. But the more time that we spend in His presence, the more time that we we carve out to draw near to Him, the more we find that this just feeds the fire within us, the more we find that our zeal increases. Fanning a flame isn't passive. It's not this passive action. It requires intentionality, and it's the same with our passion. A fire you ignore will not roar. Observation number two, which is closely related to observation number one, but it's this. Flames today do not guarantee flames tomorrow. A fire doesn't burn forever once it's been lit. And if I was to rely on the logs that I first put on at the start of winter to last this whole season, I'd quickly find that I'd grow cold. And that seems pretty obvious in the practical sense. But I think that we can forget this in our walk with God. You know, I brought this notebook with me. And this is a notebook I've had for 12 years. And it's a notebook that I started writing in after I went to a youth camp that changed my life. Plug for youth camps. (laughs) 12 years ago, I I found myself at a youth camp, 27th of September, 2010, sitting in a room. And I was 14 years old, and I wasn't interested in what God had to say about my life. I wasn't actually that interested in knowing that much about God at all. But unexpectedly, God revealed himself to me in this powerful, undeniable way. And I had this encounter with him where I knew I couldn't keep living the same way. He transformed my heart in a moment, and I came back from that camp different than the way I'd arrived. I couldn't keep living the same way. And I've kept this notebook for 12 years, not because it's that interesting, because it sounds like a 14-year-old notebook. It's a little bit dramatic. (laughs) But I've kept it because it's a reminder of the passion that I had after that moment where I came back and I remember sitting up night after night just writing in here, writing prayers, writing thoughts, writing devotions to God, just passionately consumed with this love that I'd never known before. Absolutely just just overcome and overwhelmed by this moment that I had 12 years ago. But can I tell you, church, that I don't want this to be it. I don't want the last entry 
in this notebook to be the last time that I felt any passion for God, to be the last time that I got excited about spending time with God. I don't want this notebook to be the reminder of the passion I once had for God. Because the reality is that no matter how long we've walked with him, no matter how long we've been on this walk of faith, whether it's been five hours or 50 years, our passion for him should not dwindle. And just as God spoke revelation to me then, he's still speaking revelation to me now. And it's the same for you. God hasn't changed. God hasn't stopped moving. He's still active. He hasn't stopped speaking. He's alive and he is for you, wanting to give you fresh revelation, wanting to give you a fresh word, fresh empowerment. Yesterday's logs will not keep us burning today. We need to be intentional in seeking God and spending time in his presence so that we can experience and receive the freshness of his revelation because he speaks to us in season. I had the most powerful, incredible moment of my life 12 years ago, but I can't live off the revelations I received at 14. God has something new for us. Flames today don't guarantee flames tomorrow. And so we've got to be intentional in not only drawing near, but receiving the daily bread of Jesus. Fresh word, fresh revelation, fresh logs to grow the flames of the fire. My third and final observation. This is this okay, church? Doing okay out there? Awesome. Third and final observation. Fire has to have a source. Now, this is not so much an observation, it's just a fact. You know, a fire has to have a source. In order for a fire to be blazing, it has to first be ignited. It has to have a source. Now, the logs that I put on a fire, uh, they just sit in a box. They just sit in a plastic box by the fireplace. And in and of themselves, they don't do anything until they come in contact with the source of the fire. They don't just spontaneously combust in the plastic box and light themselves on fire. It's when they come into contact with the source. In and of itself, the log can do nothing. And Jesus says in John 15 verses 4 to 5, he says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Paul tells us to fan the flames. And just as the log doesn't set itself on fire, we don't have to try and figure out how to get the flames burning. We don't have to try and figure out how to get the fire going. Jesus tells us that he is our source and that we're called to abide in him. Now we're kind of like, I think I'm going to need Kerry's help for this one. It's going to be a bit practical and dangerous. We're kind of a bit like a sparkler. Thanks, Gary. We're a bit like the sparkler. Now, a sparkler is something that's been created to be set on fire. It's something, it's designed to be lit. But in and of itself, it can't do it. In and of itself, it can't light itself. 
You know, I, no matter what I do, I can hit it, I can throw it, I can stomp on it. It's not going to light until it comes into contact with a source. And this is where Kerry will come in. Until it comes into contact with a direct source. And it's that moment, this moment. <laughs> this isn't how God works, by the way. He's more constant than this uh, dodgy lighter. Hang on, let's make this happen fast. Hang on, I think I'm too wobbly. This is turning out to be a very terrible illustration. (laughs) Hang on. All right, you get the point. It'll light. (laughs) That's what happens. (laughs) I think we give up, Gary. Yeah. The sparkler will light. Just have a better flame. And the best flame, the best source is the Holy Spirit. All right, let's bring it back. Yep. That illustration wasn't for nothing. It lights when it comes in contact with a source. What's my point? In and of ourselves, we can't do it. In and of ourselves, we will find that if we're striving, if we're trying and, and trying to work out how to get closer to God, how to, to make the relationship better, we'll fall short because our own efforts always do. Jesus didn't say, okay, work harder, pray more, raise your hands higher, sing louder in church, and then you'll find that the fires increase. He didn't say the, the amount of Sundays that you rock up, the amount of time you volunteer, how, much, how many times you've been on roster throughout a month. That's got nothing to do with how much the fire is fanned within us. It's got everything to do with how often we're drawing near to the source. That's the only way that we are set alight. That's the only way that we see the flames grow within us. That's the whole reason that Paul encourages us to fan the flames. You know, life can throw some curveballs. And we know that, we've experienced that. Life can be unpredictable. Life can have moments that that hit us that we just didn't see coming. And it's sometimes those moments which cause us to feel like, like our passion has started to dwindle, that the zeal starts to subside. Sometimes it's hard to find passion in the midst of pain. But this zeal and this passion that Paul talks about has nothing to do with feeling. It's got nothing to do with a feeling of passion. It comes out of this deep revelation and conviction of who God is, of who He is in us. This is the conviction that transforms us. And how do we receive that? How do we receive that revelation? We draw near. We draw near to the source. And that's where we find that the closer we're in contact with a flame, the the closer you are, the more you find the fire just enlarges. It's got nothing to do with a feeling of passion, but a deep revelation. And this is why Paul says, fan the flames. He says to Timothy, fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave to you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love and self-discipline. Why is it important to fan the flames? Because it reminds us of who God is in us. We can't light ourselves on fire. When we're far from the source, when we're, when we're trying to live off yesterday's flames, 
the harder it is for the fire of his promises to be blazing in us. Not because they're not true, but because they're not just supposed to be remembered, they're supposed to be lived. When we draw near to him as the source, his spirit causes our passion to boil and he empowers us in the identity that we've been given through Christ. This is what he says in Romans chapter 6, verses 15 and 16. He says, The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Why does Paul tell us to be abounding in zeal? That boiling with passion is so important. Because when we are in alignment with Him, when we are drawn near to Him and are set ablaze by Jesus, we're reminded of who we are, that unshakable identity that we have in Him, not through our own efforts, not through our own striving, but through who He has called us to be, through Jesus, through His Spirit. What we set our heart on determines our direction. And so, When our heart is boiling with the passion, is boiling with the zeal that comes from the Holy Spirit, we find that we are then directed into His authority, into His power, into His victory. So it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter what circumstances tell us. We can still have this overwhelming, bubbling passion within us because it comes from the deep revelation of who God is and who He has called us to be. That is why we need to fan the flames, to be reminded that we are no longer called slaves, but sons and daughters, children of God, empowered in His authority, into His victory. You know, maybe, maybe you're here and you feel like your zeal has diminished. You know, I think the chaos of the last two years has really rattled us as a society as a whole and, and drawn us towards apathy more and more. But I think that some of that has actually entered into our spiritual disposition. Life was turned upside down. Things changed. The way we live changed. The practices we had. I mean, we did church in tracksuit pants for months. And we had to. But I think if we're honest, some of us are still kind of wearing tracksuit pants on the inside. <laughs> Our heart has little tracksuit pants on. We guess we, we're apathetic towards what God is wanting to do because of the chaos and the pain and the circumstances that have just rattled us. It can be hard to find passion in pain. Maybe that's you. And you're here this morning and you just feel so distant from that source, from that flame. Your passion has waned. And if that is you, I want you to hear this, that God is still with you, that He is faithful and He is constant. He is with you, He is in you, His Spirit is in you and is still burning bright. And his invitation to you is to just draw near. It's not about effort. You don't have to do anything else but just say yes. Say, God, I just want to grow 
I just want this fire to grow in me. I just want to know you more. I don't want to become familiar no matter how long I've been in church for. I don't want to just be familiar with who you are, God. I want to grow in intimacy with you. All we have to do is draw near. He is present, but it's our choice. It's our choice in how we want to respond. The fire is there. He'll never leave you. He'll never abandon you. No matter what decisions you make, no matter how long you felt distance for, He will always be there. But it's our choice in how we want to respond. It's our decision to be intentional with the passion on the inside of us. And so I want to give you an opportunity this morning, if that is you, I just feel like before we go any further, before we finish and walk out the doors and just go back to normal life, I just want to give those people, if that's you and you're here and you feel, look, my passion, my zeal has started to dwindle. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. Maybe it's been so long since you've responded to that knock, that tap, tap of the Holy Spirit, but he's here and he wants to speak to you. Maybe you know that apathy's crept in. Maybe you feel like the passion you once had is now a thing of the past. But God has a fresh word and a fresh revelation and, and new logs that He wants to put on the fire of your heart. And so with all eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning and I'd love to pray for you. If that's you, I believe God wants to renew your heart by the promises of His Word to remind you of who you are, your identity in Him. No matter how much time's passed, no matter what it is that may have crept in that's caused that barrier, that's caused those, those flames to dwindle, remember that your best days are ahead of you and God has more. There is nothing wrong with, with remembering the things of the past. They can be so encouraging. When I look back, I'm encouraged by what God has done, but it reminds me that there's so much more ahead, that He continues to speak. And so that if, if that is you, I'd love to pray for you. So if you just want to pop your hand up right now, just so I can see who I'm praying for. Thank you. give it a little bit more time before we move on. You just want to draw near to God. He's here and He's waiting. Your best days are ahead. There's so much more. Let me just pray for you. God, I just thank you for the promise of your word that you are who you say you are. Lord, that you're greater than our circumstances. You're greater than the things that, that we can experience in life that would cause us to be distracted. Lord, that you see the pain, you see the confusion, you see the doubts, you see it all. You see anything that would harden our heart towards you. But Lord, I just pray that right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would move in hearts, that we would be soft in receiving your word that we would be soft in receiving what it is that you would wanna to say to us right now, that you would remind us of who we are. Just like your word says that your spirit 
Remind us of the identity that we have in you. Lord, remind us that we were not created to live in fear. Lord, that we were not created to live under doubt or confusion, but in your power, in your authority. And so Lord, right now I just pray that the embers of the fire within our own spirit would just begin to set a light. Lord, that we would just draw near to you. Identify the things in our heart that that draw us away. And God, we just ask that you have your way, that we would just sit at your feet and grow in intimacy with you. Get to know you more and more. Reveal yourself in a new way to us. And God, we hold on to those promises, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what circumstances say, God. We look to you and surrender to you and say, have your way in our heart. Amen. Amen. Well, if you guys want to stand to your feet, uh, I probably should have done that before we prayed because now I've got to transition to to worship. But uh, team's going to take us out with one last song.